All right, Ulysses, it is a Wednesday, which means it's time for our weekly mailbag episode. Yes, it is. We have some good ones, including a, a voice memo from a, a, a pal who's listened to Lockdown Race for a long time. And this is his first one. So guess what? He gets dibbed on, on, on number one. That's how we do it. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Do we have a subscriber count of YouTube? I believe we were at 426 last okay. time I checked. Pretty so good. is that uh, what was uh, Ted Williams' highest batting average in a single season? Was it 426? I believe it was 407. And actually, oh, just checked real, real, real quick uh, here. 430. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. 430. Can we make it? Can we make it, people? Can we make it to 450 by the end of this week? That would be. I awesome. need it. I want it. Let's go. You know yeah. what? If you're if you're a race fan and you're enjoying this podcast, share the love. Tell another race fan that you know. You're like, hey, have you heard of Locked On Race? You should subscribe to their YouTube channel. Right. It's a great topic of conversation, people. It is. And uh, if you are like, how do I subscribe to a YouTube channel? Just email us, lockdownraise at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter and Instagram at lockdownraise. But I imagine if you can do all three of those things or two of those things, then you probably know how to subscribe to a YouTube channel. Regardless, uh, let's get in to the mailbag episode. In this first one, we give priority to the voice memos. This one from... Dustin Payne. All right, here we go, Dustin. Hey, guys. I have a quick couple of questions. Do you think our schedule for the rest of the season is favorable for us to make the wild card? And who do you think is the biggest threat to us not making the wild card? (sighs) Good questions. Um, Okay, so schedule... Is it favorable or uh, the second one? Uh, who is the, the biggest rival there to to knock off the, the race? Kevin, do you want to answer one? Uh, sure. Uh, to the first question, no, the schedule is not favorable in the least as you've got a lot of games against the Yankees, a lot of games against the Astros, a lot of games against the Blue Jays. And I know Boston's not quite the world beater as they used to be, but a lot of games against Boston, they definitely don't want to take the raise lightly or vice versa. And uh, you've, you've got games against the blue Jays too. I mean, really the rays have basically the third or fourth toughest remaining schedule in baseball, Arizona, Miami, Colorado are the only ones ahead of them as of right now. So, but yeah, again, Arizona, Miami, Colorado, they're not playing for anything. So they don't care if it's a a difficult or easy or mediocre schedule. Like that means that of all the playoff bound teams, the race have the toughest schedule. Correct. Yeah. So, um, 
no, it's not going to be easy in the least. I don't know what else to say about it. It's not, uh, you know, it's I know you could probably go with the argument of, you know, I, I mean, the Yankees, they've already taken the division or, you know, the Astros, they're, they're in good shape and, you know, they can kind of rest on their laurels, so to speak. But I don't think either of those teams want to see the, the race squeak into the playoffs and, and work their magic either. Yeah. Yeah. You so. could, you could say that. I mean, again, like they, they'll take more of their priority within like in-house than, than, than take care of their rivals. Like yeah. if, if, if Cole needs an extra day to chill out and, and, you know, and not face the race, he'll, they'll, they'll prioritize that. Then let's go get this yeah. W against the race. Like they'll rest their guys. And I kind of have the feeling that that's kind of been happening with this kind of, um, slow August slash July for the right. Yankees. They're kind of like, look, the, if somebody needs rest, we're going to let them rest. Like it's, yeah. it's August. We're fine. Um, so yeah, that's, I agree with you hundred percent on the, on the schedule. No, Dustin is, is going to be very, very difficult for the race to, yeah. to make up some, but some much needed space in, in the, in, in the wild card race. Luckily, luckily uh, you should have somebody named Harold Ramirez and Manny Margot and Wander Franco back in the fold. So that should ease it to some extent, but um, it's still not going to be easy. Now, what about the biggest threat to the Rays making the wild card? Uh, I mean, let's let's talk about the, the playoff teams, right? I mean, we just faced the, the Baltimore Orioles. I well, we didn't finish it, but the race did. Yeah. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, the Twins, the Mariners, the Jays, and I would probably put the Guardians in there, obviously. Yeah. So, um, could the White Sox have a, a a a great August September? They could. I am not putting my green skittles on. Uh, on bet online on on them though for the wise like there there's something rotten in that clubhouse um th- there's too much talent and they they're just basically a mediocre team so yeah i wouldn't put the white Sox on that so that's my list the jays the mariners the guardians the orioles yeah yeah that's it i i'm thinking of like that third wild card spot um i'm just assuming that the Mariners and the Blue Jays, they've got the the top two locked up. Again, it's still, we got a lot of baseball left. But as far as that third spot, I think it's a team from the Central. And the Guardians. I'm, I'm actually more likely to lean towards the Twins huh. because they've got a little bit, I think they have somewhat of a easier remaining schedule. But it is interesting I mean, really, it's it's pick your team with the Central and even the White Sox. But I, I agree with you on something's a little bit rotten with the White Sox. One, the team's managed by Tony La Russa. Two, Tim Anderson's hurt. Three, Luis Roberts hurt as well. So, um, but I'll be curious to see which shakes out between the Guardians and the Twins. Because the Guardians, you've got the pitching staff, you've got the dangerous starting pitching of Bieber, Quantrell, Tristan McKenzie. We know that yeah. they've got no pop and the offense is lacking while the twins have one of the most dangerous offenses in baseball, top, OP, uh, top six, top five OPS in baseball. And they've got several guys that, you know, are providing their own punch in different ways. Luis Arias batting nearly 340. Byron Buxton leading the way with power and, and really everything for that matter. Jorge Polanco driving guys in. Carlos Correa providing meaningful offense from the shortstop position. Um, 
so it's really just about which of those teams comes out on top. And what worries me about one of the central teams is they play in the central and exactly theoretically have a lot of games remaining against the likes of Kansas city and Detroit, like Minnesota does. So um, I haven't looked at the guardian schedule, but I, I think it's one of those teams. And, and I think that you look how they're neck and neck with the rays and we're just looking at a, a numbers game of, you know, who's the easiest competition that they got left. And uh, I think it's, I, I would not be surprised. I, I know it's not fun to say this, but I could see it be being Mariners, Blue Jays, and Twins that get those three wild card spots. Yeah, that that that, that could be a reality. Uh, we hope that it isn't, uh, but yeah, that that that's certainly a a, a possibility. Right. I, I think the problem with with the Twins, they did play the, against the Dodgers, who are you know a. a a heavyweight and they just looked bad. They just looked bad, yeah. bad, bad against the Dodgers. So um, are they a team that maybe is looked upon as really good just because of the division that they're playing in? And maybe they're not as right. scary as they are as their record shows. Maybe. Um, but that doesn't matter. The same thing it, about the Guardians. What matters is who you play. And if you, you get enough wins to make the wild card, you know, I mean, the, the race of schedule very well could be, they very well could be a better team and a more complete team, but, you play in the AL East, which sucks. Until you get rid of suck, it sucks that the Rays play in the AL East. Until you get rid of divisions, this is what's going to happen. A mediocre yeah. AL Central team is always going to get into the playoffs when there are two teams in the AL East that should be going to the to to the playoffs and they're going to be cut off. So unless you get rid of divisions, you're going to keep seeing this happen, and and it, it's it's unfortunate. But yeah, Dustin, the schedule does not help. Number one. And number two, who is the the greatest threat? I, I I agree with you, Kevin. I think it would be one of the teams from from the AL Central. Now, don't take this as a slight against Baltimore, people. It's not. Yes. The problem is, is just like with the Rays, they have more. Their strength of schedule is going to be more difficult than than the than the Twins and, and the Guardians. The Orioles are going to be facing more AL East teams than 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 the Guardians and. And the twins, so uh, it's not a slight on on the Orioles by not saying them. It's just that's just the way that the yeah. schedule works. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to more mailbag questions, but Ulysses, you have to give our listeners a health tip or two here. Yes, I do because maybe somebody who is listening or watching this on YouTube, because I know that people are watching this because they're subscribing to YouTube because they want to support us. Maybe they're struggling with a bloated belly. Maybe they have uncomfortable digestive issues. Maybe they're feeling tired and sluggish, and it's not just because the Rays are not scoring any runs. Well, that it, there's a good chance if they're feeling this that they might have an overworked liver. And that's probably because their diet isn't high in processed foods and exposure to thousands of harmful uh, harmful toxins. So the solution is very simple, okay? You need to cleanse and gently detoxify your liver. And that's where liver health formula from Pure Health Research can help. Liver health formula combines eight powerful nutrients such as turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract to gently detoxify your liver, restore comfortable and regular digestion, it reduces the belly bloat, and it will fill your days with renewed energy. As a listener of this show, you can try Liver Health Formula 
risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. You might ask, well, well what is Curb Fit? Well, Curb Fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. So go get liver, go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. I'll say it again. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula. All right. This next mailbag question from Caden Jacob, he says, thoughts on the AL Cy Young race? That's a loaded question, isn't it? Open-ended question, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, was there an ellipsis there, or was there a question mark? I guess guess he's trying to – no, I think there was a question mark. I guess Mm. his point here is that – is it maybe a case of uh, Kevin was wrong here in assuming that Shane McClanahan was going to win the AL Cy Young Award because as of today, as of this recording – it absolutely is Justin Verlander's to lose. A hundred percent. And and that's why you can hand out AL Cy Youngs on July 10th. It's just, mm-hmm. that's why they make 162 games. And he had a terrific first half. But the, the, the post break has been a little wonky. It hasn't been what we expected, what we have seen. Is he, is he tired? Kyle Snyder said that it, it, it could be a little bit of fatigue yeah. that he's been um, going through. His last outing, though, this weekend against uh, the Orioles wasn't the Shane McClanahan pre-All-Star break, but it was better than what we had seen in the previous two. So that's a step forward. Um, are they going to rest him? Are they going to maybe put him in the IL and kind of curb his innings a little bit? They could do that. We've talked on this show many times about phantom IL stints. We talked about the Colin McHugh um, uh, phantom IL from last year. That was definitely it um, at the beginning of the season. So that could happen to Shane McClanahan giving him some, some break, but uh, yeah, it's not, it's not him right now. It's not him. In fact, is he actually third? Because I am very impressed with Dylan Caesar's numbers. I mean, my goodness. I, I know we just kind of tr- talk trash about the AL Central and, and, and all that, but the guy has so many more outings allowing one earned or less than yeah. way many. I think Shane McClain has 13 of those type outings allowing one earned or less. Right. Cease has like 18, like five more than that. Yeah. And, and more than Verlander too. So, I would kind of maybe put Dylan Cease above Shane McClanahan right now, but I think that's the podium. I think it is Verlander at the top, and I would put Dylan above Shane by a hair. Yeah, uh, just because of the post All Star um, dip from Shane. And uh, Dylan Cease and Justin Verlander are the only two guys with ERAs of sub two right now, and Dylan Cease does have more strikeouts than Shane McClanahan too, um, but. Even if Dylan Cease or Shane McClanahan at the end of the day had slightly, slightly better numbers than Justin Verlander, I would still venture to guess that, again, it is not necessarily always a meritocracy. This is the Baseball Writers Association of America that votes on these things. And I think there's, despite the fact of 
Justin Verlander playing for the Houston Astros and the stained brand that they are. Um, he is coming off of basically missing two years with Tommy John surgery and being 39 years old and having a chance to win his third Cy Young and already if he retired today would be a hall of famer. That's something that uh, gives him the extra push over the edge as opposed to Dylan C Shane McClanahan. And if you even want to throw in Alec Manoa, sure, whatever. But it's so funny to me that Shane McClanahan, I mean, this is how tough it is to win a Cy Young. I mean, Shane McClanahan, you have one bad start, one clunker, and that ruins the whole campaign. Now, I know he's had some other so-so starts as well, but um, you know, you can't. You're you're not even allowed to have one bad outing anymore. That's the competition. That's 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 the role. And if one guy is just like Jake Arrieta, 2015, like like yeah. that's what you got to put up with. I mean, I don't know who Jake Arrieta was uh, running against that Cy Young season, but I bet they hated that because they're like, look on my season, I'm being incredible. That guy's just being unreal. And right. that's kind of like Dylan and Shane have to deal with right right now with with Justin Verlander just being an incredible machine at 39 years old. And also we like stories. Baseball is a narrative type sport. We love the tradition. We love the, the, the story behind the achievement. And so this Cy Young would kind of put again, the, the number three on the yeah. Cy Young list. We like numbers Rule like that three. three Cy Youngs, like yeah. exactly like that's, that's heavy uh, at 39 years old. And also Let's look at who they play for. Dylan Seas for a White Sox team that could not see the playoffs and, and, and underperformed. Do you really want to give that guy the, the Cy Young? Like, that, that matters. It sh- maybe it shouldn't matter. Right. Maybe it shouldn't matter, people. Maybe it should just be the best pitcher. But you think those writers are computers? No, they're human beings. And so they have their own bias. And I think that's a very clear bias that has infiltrated into voting for these awards since the beginning of time. How did their team perform? You always hear it with the MVP, maybe a little bit less on the Cy Young, but you know it's there. So are you going to vote for Dylan Seas for the White Sox and they were underperforming when you have a guy that is 39 and and is going for his third and is a future Hall of Famer and you're going to decorate him uh, with a team that won their division? and possibly is going to go to the world series or you're going to give it to the small marketing Tampa Bay, you know, a guy who had a nice season and, and, and had very close numbers, like, and, but barely etched to go to the wild card uh, spot. Like that matters. And as much as we, uh, I mean, we've gone beyond how many wins a pitcher has. Justin Verlander has 15 wins right now. He has a really, really good shot. I would think to get to that 20, win mark which dylan cease is unlikely to do with only 12 shane mcclanahan highly unlikely to do with 11 justin verlander being 15 and 3 that also counts for something as well in some months and justin verlander believe it or not at 39 years old we talk about shane mcclanahan you know maybe losing a little bit of steam i think that I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but pitching in the all-star game and uh, being brought back to reality and, and having, I don't want to say he was embarrassed on national television, but it was uh, it was a moment where it's like, okay, maybe I am mortal. Maybe I'm not invincible and, and trying to carry that over second half of the season. 
you get off to a little bit of a bad roll there. But Justin Verlander, in his last 46 and two-thirds innings pitched, and this is dog days of August and July that we're talking about. I mean, this is getting into the, the really deep part of the season. 6-0, 1.16 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 0.84 whip. Un- unreal. Yeah. Unreal. No, though what he's doing is fantastic. I do want to go back to a little bit of what you said, and I want to highlight it. Okay, you said it. You said it. You wrote down your notes in, in black or blue pen, and I want to go back and then highlight that in yellow or pink mm-hmm. um, for people that want to maybe misconstrue what you said. Wins are not what makes a Cy Young pitcher. I know that you know this, but I'm saying it for, 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 for listeners out there that want to pick apart. Wins do not matter, should not matter for the Cy Young, but they do. And if you are telling me that it does not matter because Jacob deGrom has won it, or maybe Felix Hernandez has won it, or Zach Greinke has won it with, with low win totals, then answer me Rick Purcello. Answer me Rick Purcello. <laughs> Wins, when you get to 20, it gives you a little bit of a bump. Yeah. It does automatically. Again, the people that are voting are not your matrix, sabermetrics, Excel macros that you're running. Okay. They're human beings and human beings. Again, like we just said, are baseball fans, baseball writers that are tied down to tradition. They're tied down, tied down to narrative and a big 20 on the win column means something to this day, even if it's 2022 and maybe it shouldn't, but it yeah. does. Well, the fact of the matter is when you're watching a broadcast, when you're reading any article, if you pick up a newspaper or read digital version, when they list the probables or the starters or how good or bad a pitcher is doing, a starting pitcher is doing, do they not inevitably always list that player's record? 12 and five, yeah, four and eight, whatever it may be. It that's just that's been part of the the baseball nomenclature for well over a hundred years now, I suppose. So <laughs> and you can't change that overnight. And I know maybe yeah. Fangraphs and 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 Basil Salon maybe might not lead with yeah. that information, but they still show it, don't they? Just like batting average. I know we've moved beyond that and talk about OPS, OPS plus, and on base percentage and uh X Woba and you know. All these uh, Expo Bacon, WRC Plus, really hard hit percentage. Plus. Yeah, just oh, give me the slash line. That's all I need. Yeah. Um, but batting average is still prominent. It is still okay. absolutely prominent for sure. Um, everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Uh, It's the $10,000 mistake actually. Uh, So drive sober or get pulled over again, drive sober or get pulled over. Uh, all right, Ulysses, this last mailbag question that we'll get to from Darren Hybert. And uh, by the way, we got several other mailbag questions as well, and we appreciate all those. And we do plan to 
uh, baseball reference, knock those out of the park at some point this week or next week as well. A lot of uh, evergreen topics that we can dive into. So uh, don't feel bad if your mailbag question was not read on today's episode. And hopefully that doesn't stop you from sending them in either. Although we will say, we say this often, we do put priority on the voice memo. So if you send us a voice memo, 60 seconds or less, and Dustin had it down, 15 seconds. I love that. Love that. Efficient. Dustin, very very good job. He was like, boom, here are my two questions. Boom, that's it. Good job, It's all we need. It's all we need. Um, And, you know, if we get three voice memos, we're going to answer those three voice memo questions on a single mailbag episode. So regardless, uh, again, thank you all for sending in your questions, but let's go ahead and get to this one. Uh, From Darren, he says, do you believe Fernando Tatis Jr.'s story about the banned substance that he took? Do you think it was an accident or was he trying to enhance performance? How would you place the odds? No, for, well, I think there's a third option, but I will go with it okay. step by step. No, I, I don't think I believe his story. And by no, I don't think I believe his story is no, I don't believe his story. Oh, oh, I was, I had a rash. So I, I took this thing that they, no, you have, you are, okay, Uli Rant. You are an MLB player. You have MLB doctors. You have the best bleeping system that can take care of your human machine that you are as a 23-year-old athlete, and you're going to take something over the counter without asking your team? I mean, let's let's put a little bit of the brain cells at work here, people, especially when there are $350 million at at stake. Right. Come on, Fernando. Let's come on, man. So, no, I don't believe his story. Yeah. However, I don't think he was trying to juice himself up to hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bags. No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think I think it's a it's an immaturity level of I want to be on the field. Yeah. I, I was told if I take this, I can get on the field in two weeks instead of two months. Right. Like, that's what I think he took that. No, I don't believe he was for the rash. I think it's just the competitor competitor in him wanted to get back to the field. Or, you know what? Honestly, it could have been also a, a, a fact of he got hurt with the bike accident, right? Yeah. And uh, he wanted to keep that quiet. So did you, did of, he lie about that too? Well, yeah, he didn't tell the team right away. Yeah. Um, um, so there's a lack of judgment from Fernando, like, and now it's it's not like a one off. It's been yeah. it's it's now a thing, and you know Musgrove talked about it. I I I don't remember who else from the from the Padres sounded off, but there were a couple of players, Kevin, that kind of said, you know what, that's um, we miss him, and that's uh, that's unfortunate that he's not really thinking about how that hurt yeah. how, how that hurts us. It's absolutely a letdown, and I'm with you 100%. Um, And the way the question from Darren is worded about enhancing performance, I I get it. It's called performance-enhancing drugs, and technically, if we want to do some mental gymnastics, that's what it would do. But, I mean, we've heard it from David Sampson and others before where guys take 
PEDs, not necessarily to look like Popeye or look like Barry Bonds, but to be able to stay on the field for 162 and to feel good when they get on the field to, you know, mm-hmm. as hey, I, man, my shoulder hurts or man, my, my knees just don't have it today. It, it, recovery agent is what it primarily is utilized for. So yeah. I don't think he was trying to juice so he can, you know, get on par with, uh, Aaron judge. Um, so, and, oh my gosh, $341 million. You're Fernando Tatis Jr. You have how many hangers ons and representatives and people watching and, and coddling you and, and making sure you get everything and anything you want, need, or ask for. And this was some sort of oversight or, you know, it, oh man, how did, well, how, how did we know what happened here? Like, no, yeah. It, you're not a you're not a junior college baseball player taking something over the counter. You know you, no. you get handed something in the the back room of a of a Gold's gym or something like that. Like it, be better. Like yeah. just be better. And like this is a big hit. Like not only to the San Diego Padres, um, you know, hopes for for playoff domination. Yeah, but to baseball. I mean, oh, yeah. do we not remember that MLB the show? The, the most popular game of the sport has him on the cover. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, y- y- he was and, going to yeah. be the most marketable guy that this, that the, the, the new age of let the kids play was going to be. It was him. I mean, yeah, you have Laddie, you have Acuna, uh, but he got, he got the gig, you know? And, and yeah, I, I, I just think it, it's a big hit for baseball. It's unfortunate just be better, man. Like you have all of the resources available to you that every single one of us in this podcast and listening to this podcast would wish to have, yeah. uh, for a week you have it for years. Yes. And you're going to be doing this just disappointing into the nth degree. Absolutely. And now you wonder about his long-term future. And I mean, he was unattractive. Hey, who's going to be a hall of famer in 20 years. You'd probably list Fernando Tatis Jr. as one of those names. Do you think this would taint his ability to make the hall of fame? The way that you worded that question makes me answer. Yes. But let me, let me flip it like this. So say Fernando Tatis Jr. He comes back from this 80 game suspension and he goes on to finish his career. Fast forward 15 years from now, he has an 80 career war and all the, the all-star appearances and the silver. And never once get clipped again. Never once gets clipped again. All he has is this 80 game suspension for taking. He gets in. He gets in. It's in. Okay. Be, you know why? Because he's not a 34-year-old player getting. He's not a Melky Cabrera. He's not a Nelson Cruz. Like Nelson Cruz is not going to the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, he wasn't going in anyways, but he yes. wasn't going, but I mean, but but his but I mean, honestly, the numbers, we we talked about the numbers. Like the numbers are impressive for Nelson. So um it, Fernando, the one thing that he has on his corner right now as a pro is that he's 23. He's has only been playing since 2019. 2020 was a shortened season. 2021. He was, he was the home run leader for bleep sake. 
Like, yeah. so he has all the talent in the world to do all of the wonderful things that he can do for the sport and for himself and for his family and for his team. But that's the pro. It's that it happened early. If he never does this again, then he'll get in. No, because people people like a redemption story. People like uh, you know people forget the news cycle forgets. I mean, did did people not forget about David Ortiz getting clipped on the Mitchell report oh, in 05? Yeah, they certainly did, um, because you know he had ten more years after that. We're talking that Fernando could possibly have fifteen more years after this. So, right? Yes, I think I think people will, will forget. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Jose Altuve, with the, the, the way that his career is still going on, I think people are even going to forget Jose Altuve was in, in the cheating scandal well, from yeah. 2017, and he's going to go in the Hall of Fame if he keeps going in the trajectory that he's going on. Uh, that's the thing is about the 24 hour news cycle. And we, we are always looking for that next story. Like, honestly, like, I don't, it's crazy to think, but when the ask, unless we make a joke about it, I don't even really, all I think about when I think of the Astros is how good Justin Verlander is right now. Like, that's really it. Like when I, when I think of Jose Altuve, I'm not even, yeah, it's crazy how, and especially if you fast forward 15 years from now, well, you'd have to go back to Wikipedia maybe for it to be remembered unless you've got some, uh, you know, reporter that really likes to put that front and center. You know, they put that in the first paragraph or whatnot of Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Fernando Tatis uh, previously suspended for PEDs in 2022 is now, you know, finishing off a great career, whatever it may be. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, we don't believe Fernando Tatis jr. And, uh, it's unfortunate for the Padres too, because uh, that was going to be great. And also for for all Dominican fans out there, you know, I, I don't want the I don't want you know the DR to do well because they're going to going to be playing uh, in the same group yeah. as, as Venezuela for the World Baseball Classic. But just as a, as a baseball fan, I kind of wanted to see what Machado, uh, Soto, and and. And, and himself were going to do Tatis, you know, yeah. back to back to back, not only the Padres, but also for the DR. And now he's, he led his whole country down, not only his team, not only MLB fans, but his whole country down. Like this is a big deal, man. It is. So he won't be, he won't be eligible. So that sucks for the DR for Puerto Rican fans and for Venezuelan fans. And for, I believe Israel is also in the group we're 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 happy <laughs> we're not going to be able to see Tatis Jr in that lineup man but again that also takes away from the interest of the world baseball classic well, well. Y- yes and no like i mean they're they're star studded don't get me wrong i mean they still have yeah. you know vladito and machado and soto like that like that lineup doesn't basketball. need any more help that lineup is just fine <laughs> it's like team usa's basketball teams like they're they'd still honestly be I, we ne- we need to talk about the World Baseball Classic soon because the U.S. has been dropping names on names on names. I honestly, I'm glad you brought it up because I had no idea that the World Baseball Classic was happening this year. No, it's next year, next year, year, right? Next year, next year. Okay, next year. yeah. The fact that I don't yeah. even know when it's happening. We need to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. Uh, thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast with Sully. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we will talk to you on Thursday.